The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. We have been applying mindfulness and we've been investigating treating the here like a powerful stranger that we want to discover. And I think we all know that when we bring attention to something and bring curiosity and really get engaged with it, that naturally energy arises. And it's very pleasant. And I've no, I don't know if, if you can relate to it, but I've noticed very, very often in myself when I, when I have these three, naturally also the joy comes up. We like feeling alive, engaged, feeling that vitality in us. And it's so pleasant when the mind can finally rest. So in the Abhidhamma, the way energy or virya is described is as, it says, the mind determined to be alert dedicated, undaunted, never giving up, being indefatigable. So the energy is to cultivate, to feed wholesome states and to starve unwholesome states. So in our lives, of course, energy uh, can have many different feelings, uh, many different expressions but, and feelings too. But here, within, within uh, this context of the Dharma and the seven factors of awakening, when we talk about virya, it is really that effort to stay with the mind and notice when unwholesome mind states are arising and know how to starve them and to feed the wholesome. Of course, it takes a lot of training to first recognize them and then know what to do with them. So the Pali term virya is really quite a rich term, and it's difficult to to translate it into English with just one word, energy. It really has quite a few facets. So in this really short uh, introduction, I just want to give you a little bit of a taste of the different facets. Um, <clears throat> one of the facets, first, the energy, that one to me points to the dynamic quality of virya, which is a positive mental and physical force. For us living uh, our daily lives, I think it's very important to be wise about energy 
in a wider way, in a wider understanding, and start by recognizing that it is a limited resource, and we have to learn how to use it well. So this practice helps us to learn how to work with our energy. So then we can begin to notice uh, for ourselves, you know, how skillful are we with regulating our energy day to day? Do we experience, for example, big fluctuations of energy? And if so, what happens to our mood? Do we become really difficult for the people we work with or that we live with when we're high on energy and then when we drop? Or have we learned how to curb these changes. And how do we work with our energy when we meditate? Do we know how to fine-tune, for example, our posture and our breath as a means to regulate energy? That's something very, very wonderful that we uh, fine-tune more and more with practice. That just the tiniest adjustments in your posture or how you're breathing, can bring up energy, or can calm it if you need it. You know, because sometimes we're restless. Many of us just are kind of like up here, and we just need to learn. How do we breathe? How do we sit? How do we move in order to bring the energy in balance? Then there is also the facet of effort, There's this effort, and we say it's a conscious exertion of energy. But when we say effort, then this facet implies already guiding the energy towards something, towards an end. And we need to know, we need to have clarity what that end is for ourselves. Very important also in effort. Do we know how to make effortless effort? That's very, very important. Practices like Qigong, for example, help us, and we will do a little bit afterwards, of getting in touch of how to move energy in an effortless way. And maybe then slowly, when we've embodied that, it also will influence our mind. And does the kind of effort that, that we make in meditation lead to joy? That's a very important part. So when we talk about strength within, within virya, we can say that the mental strength is the result of continuous, skillful effort. It's very much the same as when we go to the gym. You know, for us, it's very straightforward. I know if I do cardio or weights or whatever, I can see my body getting stronger. It's the same thing with our mind, this continuous effort of over and over again, although it seems endless, bringing the mind, noticing what's happening, what is, my, what is the ecology inside right now, what, what do I need to adjust? How do we know that we have developed that inner strength? 
We know that strength is there when we encounter a big tragedy in our lives or a big challenge. And somehow, although we stumble a bit, there is something inside that sustains us. That lets you know, okay, I've developed some inner strength. That inner strength can also show itself in the determination that you apply to say no to unwholesome states. When you're sitting there angry and you start to make stories about how you want to vend yourself to something to, with somebody, pay attention to that and don't feed that. It takes strength, however. We know that those forces are very, very, very powerful, and it takes strength and determination to leave them aside, to not feed them. And then courage. Courage is a very important part in virya. In fact, virya, um, one of the meaning of the root of the word in Pali, vira, means hero. So it's, that's the kind of effort that we need to make. Like a hero, but soft. So here's a quote that I like a lot that describes this combination of warrior, but soft, and, and that, that sense of courage by Songyal Rinpoche. He says, to be a spiritual warrior means to develop a special kind of courage, one that is naturally intelligent, soft, and bold. Spiritual warriors can also feel fear, yet they are brave enough to feel and perceive fear, to relate clearly to their fundamental fear, and to draw the lessons from their difficulties without evading it. So the last quality that I want to mention for energy is persistence. And for persistence, um, Gill gives a wonderful, very clear image. And that is, you know, if you want to boil water, you have to leave the flame on. You can't be turning it off. And it's the same thing with our energy, with our effort. It has to be continuous. We have to be persistent in order to have results. So we come to joy. Think about what what Dawn said of how starting with joy, these are the faculties that are emergent. So we we can't make it happen, but we open up and we create the conditions that make it happen. What I've noticed in my practice is that even if you experience just a couple of seconds of joy in your meditation, and it's not the kind of joy that you feel kind of like you're flying, or no, no, just a little bit, kind of like this wonderful sense of of aliveness and vitality, that already is very, very helpful. You will, even, even though... It's very short. It will have this effect during the day of uplifting you. 
of inspiring you to continue making the effort. This joy as a factor of awakening does not depend on external causes. This is the joy that comes out from an inner cultivation. So it's not because we got the job that we wanted or the partner we wanted, but it's something that we cultivated within. And I like the way Piyadasa Tara describes um, this aspect of we have to make the effort and how it's something that arises from within. He says, no one can bestow on another the gift of happiness. Each one has to build it up by effort, reflection, and concentrated activity. As happiness is a thing of the mind, it should be sought not in external and material things, though they may in a small way be instrumental. So we can have this joy that comes from within, and it doesn't, as we, as Piyatan says, it doesn't, uh, or I should say Piyadasa Tara, it doesn't depend then solely on the external causes, but when we, we do notice that when things are very challenging in our lives, then our practice has to be deep in order to be able to still find that joy within. So I just will skip some things because I don't want to. It's already out of time. Mm-hmm. It's important to know the difference between joy and pleasure. Central pleasures are not lasting. They are described in the suttas as bubbles on the surface of the water. They have an extremely short duration. But joy, as a faculty of awakening, has a lasting effect as I mentioned before, so it, it can carry us, uplift us for the rest of the day. And it also inspires us to make this effort. And it is as if with this effort, we're continually tilling the soil for the beautiful blossoms of joy to bloom. So I think this is enough with uh, this topic of, for now, for energy and joy.